Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast, and I am a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are special interests that are also less than enthusiastic about you knowing about these studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, such as the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled, COVID is Changing. Let's hope for the best, but plan for the worst. How are you doing, Charles? Well, a little less well than I was a few days ago after mm-hmm. these latest studies came in. It's rather frightening. And, you know, I, I want to give the positive side first. You know, the vaccines are having uh, some success, and that's good, and more people are getting them, and that's good. Um, they need them because most people's immune systems aren't very strong. And so that's the good news. We hope that they can get those vaccinations out soon enough uh, to enough people to really have a a major impact. The downside or the negative side of this is that the last couple of studies that have come out have really been frightening. Uh, The first one was a couple of days ago when a lot of geneticists and uh, virologists looked at the patterns uh, that were emerging from a lot of the uh, cases from around the world. And what they saw in these about 1,000 patients was the virus was mutating in a direction that looked like they were trying to bypass the immune system. If that's true and that continues to go forward, this could be a very, very scary proposition. Uh, That means this virus has a mind of its own. And the second study that kind of indicated we're going in that direction is one gentleman had COVID for six months. He'd gotten rid of the major symptoms and still had some minor symptoms. But for some reason, the doctors kept testing him just to see whether he was negative or positive. And what they found out is over that six-month period, that gentleman had produced in, on his own 20 different mutations. Hmm. That meant that virus that was in him had decided to mutate 20 different times. Sadly, that gentleman passed away last week. And so these are two very, very scary things. I I don't know what that makes you feel like, but it makes me feel scared as heck. Mm -hmm. What's your take on it? Well, there's a lot of fear and then i think from a research standpoint it is very fascinating to see that the research is now starting to percolate where we're we're looking at trends um emerging and that from a with my researcher cap makes me really excited in the sense that if we can see trends then it it becomes a lot easier to track and predict um how to best respond and i am in completely agree with, agreement with you that i think it's great that the vaccines are out and that they're on their way and hopefully they can be distributed um, in time. And also the conversation to me just keeps coming back to the immune system and how do 
all of us support our immune system a lot more effectively and efficiently than what has been done thus far. Well, I think that, you know, it's, it's always been the discussion for you and I. Unfortunately, we can't get the media or the doctors in the media to talk about the immune system. But uh, when two research organizations in North Carolina University and Stanford Medical School looked at the, uh, the health of adults, uh, it looked at like 90% of them had weakened immune systems. Mainly, mainly from eating too many processed foods and, and too much sugar and not enough vegetables. You know, if you want to boil it down to three things, if you want to boil, can you add anything else to that? But that that's my take: yeah. processed foods, sugar, and eat more vegetables. And manage your stress and sleep more. I mean, the insomnia and the amount of chronic stress that we're under is it just increases inflammatory markers, all of which weaken our immune system function. So I think it's the whole mind-body aspect where increasing the amount of fruits and vegetables, staying the heck away from processed foods, and making sure that we're practicing some you know, stress reduction techniques to help us not only respond to stress, but also to sleep deeper and better. It's amazing what can happen. You know, I looked at some of this stress. I wrote an article on the impact of positive thinking. And you know there are actual chemicals re- re- released in the brain that actually are... Uh, controlling bacteria and viruses. And I thought to myself, before that, I really didn't pay much attention to this meditation stuff. When I saw that study, that that chemicals were actually being released from people who were meditating, I just said, okay, I'm all in now. I I get it. And uh, I think that's great. I think that's a great point you add. I think also as a preventative, even if people have the vaccine, the vaccination, I still think it's a better idea for everybody to take some extra vitamin C, extra D, some zinc, and some quercetin, because at least that's going to give you some additional things to help your immune system, because maybe the vaccine is only like 50 or 60 or 70% effective after we get these variations and mutations in. I just say, make sure everybody's taking some of these extra supplements. Are are you feeling the same way about that? Yeah, I think that the conversation, um, in my opinion, revolves around having the vaccination, but also nonstop support for the immune system function. And so I agree with you on the supplements that you mentioned. Um, And then there's some additional ones, you know, that probiotics and prebiotics to stimulate that gut brain interaction and the gut microbiome because that's such, it plays such a tremendous role within our immune system function um and the, you know the role of getting outside and moving our bodies like there's it's supplementation and it's also lifestyle changes which correlate obviously with functional medicine you know you always add that microbiome thing that you're really good at, at catching me on that and making sure that i remember it and i think that <laughs> the, the thing that i want to add to that is that people don't realize that as they age their body's making less enzymes They're, it's making less probiotics and so if, if you know that your body's doing that, by the time you're 40, you're making 50% less enzymes than when you were 20 and about 50% less probiotics when you, were, when you were 20. So that's why this aging thing is such a big factor because by the time you're 60 or 70, you're making even less of those things. And so adding those as supplementations, like a digestive enzyme before your cooked meals or probiotics in the morning before your breakfast, those are really crucial to developing a stronger immune system. I think you've, you've got it. You nailed it really well. Thanks. I'd also add to that, too, adding fermented foods. 
You know, ah, I have yeah. my, I have my own uh, hesitations with. I think we've just gotten into this habit with every illness that we have of like, what's the quick fix? And within functional medicine and lifestyle medicine, there's a bigger conversation to me, which is about making lifestyle changes. So instead of looking at what supplements can I take, well, what foods can I start consuming that I haven't been consuming? Can I move my body more and get out in sun exposure to generate my own vitamin D2 production along with the D3 supplementation that I'm taking, right? Like the fermented foods, alongside of a probiotic supplement. I, I hope that the conversation continues to shift of what can I do as an individual without solely relying on the vehicle of supplementation. Supplementation is a fantastic place to start, but it's not the whole answer in my, in my opinion. No, you're absolutely right. I, I, I do uh, use uh, fermented foods as well because that's, that's the food for the bacteria. I mean, they love it. And uh, also, I, when I take my probiotic, I take it with some very good goat yogurt. And uh, that kind of is a multiplying factor because there's cofactors in there that help to multiply the bacteria that's in the, uh, in the supplement. So those are all great ideas. Now we've gotten this to the point where maybe we've got our immune system going on. Maybe it's not perfect yet. But here's, here's where I think we ought to start with this whole thing of how to protect ourselves uh, when we're out and about. And one of the things that I notice is that people are willing to do the masks. They're willing to do the social distancing. Uh, I think they're even willing to wash their hands uh, occasionally. And that's, those are all good things. I'm going I'm to add something unique to this, this whole find it before the symptoms thing. I think oximeters where you put the meter on your finger to determine what the level of oxygen is in your body. My experience has been that if your oxygen levels is usually around 95, 96, 97, which is normal, 98 if you're you know, an exerciser, 99. But if it drops in the low 90s, I would say that's probably an indication that something's happening even before a symptom starts. So to me, at the end of my workshops, I say to people, check your temperature, because that's what the doctors are doing, but check your oxygen levels. Because if you find that either your temperature and or your oxygen levels are down or different, I think that's the time to start ramping up the, uh, the C, the D, the zinc, and the quercetin as a, as a preventative. And then if the symptoms do start, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's the hypochondriac in me, but I just say, take one of those good things every hour. And I've been doing that for about a year now with COVID uh, patients. And you know what? I don't have one person that's actually advanced. Once they got it early, the earlier you get this virus, within minutes or seconds or what, you know, the quickest that you can, the sooner you can get rid of the symptoms, the sooner you can get the virus pushed back and not have it do the damage that, that we know that it can do. So to me, uh, those are some of the things people need to do. You know, get your prevention going in all the areas that we've talked about. But in the event that something happens and you end up with symptoms coming back later or you can't get rid of them, this is where my protocol comes in that I developed back in July of 2020 called the COVID long hauler cellular repair process. That's the one. Let's, I'd like to spend a little bit more time on that one because uh, there's about 10% of people that are now classified as COVID long haulers, where we know they're having symptoms for longer than a month or two. 
this is not good and this does not bode well because a latest study from last week found that, I think it was in Taiwan, they were finding a big spike in uh, diabetes because of COVID compromising the pancreas of people. And so, you know, now we've got a spike in kidney disease, we've got a spike in brain disease, we've got a spike in heart disease, now we've got a spike in diabetes. What's your take on this? Is this virus just sort of taking over our organs? Yeah, I, I have a lot of concerns about it um, because the brain research um, and, you know, the psychological aspects of uh, the inflammation that is associated with COVID long haulers really set off some alarm flags for me when that research started to come out a couple of months ago. And since I've been tracking what the research is saying around COVID long haulers, you know, the thing that really is alarming to me is that we're seeing elevated risk of um, inflammation and elevated inflammatory markers in circulation. So C-reactive proteins, interleukin 6s, and that indicates that the immune system is compromised and it's struggling, right? And that how that manifests itself in an individual is really up to lots of different factors, their genetics, where they live, um, how their diet's been, you know, how they respond to stress. There's so many different aspects of having that chronic inflammation that can come out to play. But when I'm looking at that research around these, these individuals dealing with COVID long hauls, the consensus of it is is that there's so much inflammation that is not being um, detoxified, that is not being um, uh, balanced or returning to a place of homeostasis. And so the immune system is becoming hyper aware. And the other day I was reading research looking at autoimmune illnesses um, that are seeing a, a, sm- a spike too with COVID long haulers because the immune system is going into such a state of inflammation that it's starting to turn around on itself. Um, and that's where you're seeing this autoimmune increase at. So I have a lot of concerns because the long-term effects of COVID long haulers um, and that's the syndrome of COVID and for a length of time, not only is increasing the body's, you know, response to COVID, but then all of the additional illnesses that can go along with it and what that means for quality of life, satisfaction of life. You know, there, I have a lot of uh, concerns that definitely arise in this conversation. Well, you know, when I started doing these, uh, this protocol for the long haulers back in July of 2020, I had been doing a lot of research on uh, viruses and on chronic illness. And so a lot of the pieces kind of came together and so it only took me a week or two to put this protocol together because I already knew that vitamin C and D and olive leaf extract and zinc were important factors for pushing back the virus. But I found another one, this molecular hydrogen uh, called H2. I found that those kinds of things will really put the virus at, at bay. In other words, it'll push it back enough so that then you can go to like step two And step two is what you just talked about, reduce the inflammation. And we know the classic ones there, that's the fish oil and the the curcumin and the quercetin, but I found a super anti-inflammatory. It's called specialized pro-resolving mediators. These SPMs push back inflammation better than anything I've ever seen, any drug or any other supplement or food. And so now they're using these, they're called uh, resolvins. 
they actually take a molecule from the fish oil and that is called a resolvin and they take all the resolvins out of the fish oil there's six of them and now they've isolated them and they're using they're using them to treat cancer so now this oncologist friend of mine in florida is using D1, D2, D3, D4, D5, D6, and he's actually making intravenous treatments with these resolvins. So this pro-resolving mediator, I mean, there are, there are pills that you can take, and I just think if you want to get your inflammation down, and the tests show that the C-reactive protein goes down precipitously when you take this product for a couple of days. And so there you, you, know, you have the proof then that this is really working. So there's, there's four other steps in, in this, this, uh, this process. After you get the inflammation down, then it's like you need to build the energy levels up. If your cells don't have enough energy, they can't do the jobs they have to do. Every cell has a job to do. And so we know magnesium transports oxygen and glucose into the cell to make energy in the mitochondria. But berberine... Uh, it's it's kind of like an herb from a from a bark, uh, if you will, and uh, it also can increase uh, the uh, energy levels in the cell. And coenzyme Q10 is also a great energy in, uh, generator. Those things increase the energy production. Then you can get into the diet. You know, the Mediterranean diet. Chew your food well. Take digestive enzymes. Take a probiotic at breakfast. Now you're getting your body back on track again. And then number five, stimulate the tissue repair because we know there's certain nutrients, certain supplements that repair tissue. Vitamin E, vitamin B, uh, niacin in the form of NAD, pygnogenol, and modified citrus pectin. What a wonderful, wonderful supplement that is for anybody that has markers for uh, heart disease or cancer. Uh, you just you just do your marker is a galactin three level. If you have high galactin three levels, then you take this modified citrus pectin and bingo. Within a month or two, they come down. And uh, then at the end, I just say, look, you have to keep on this protocol for about three to six months because we don't know how long it's going to take to repair the damage that's been done. And I've had several COVID long hauler patients said, oh well, I feel better now. And then all of a sudden, a month or two later. The symptoms come back. This virus is insidious that way. It will wait and it will see the opportunity and it will come back again. This is what scares me the most. I, I don't know what scares you the most, but when, when I get long haulers that, that actually have gotten better, I feel encouraged. When I hear that they haven't stayed on the program for a couple of months to make sure they get it all done right, I start to worry. So what do you think? I mean, are we going to have to change this protocol? Because now with the pancreas, we're going to have to look at other things. Uh, sexual organs are now being affected by this virus. Um, it just seems to be going from organ to organ, doing more damage. I think I'm going to have to add a few elements to this long hauler protocol. Uh, have you heard anything new uh, that, that you think m might work in this area? Because I'm always looking to, for ways to improve this protocol. Yeah, there's a couple of um, recommendations that I use with clients, too, that I think are not on the protocol um, that come up. For me, uh, selenium, because selenium produces glutathione, which is an antioxidant in the body. 
Um, and so that helps with the cellular repair and giving our bodies enough cellular energy. Because I think for the people that I've worked with that have had COVID, you know, the a common complaint is being really energetically um, depressed not, and not having enough energy to sustain just normal movement and wear and tear um, on the body. And so the glutathione being produced through selenium. So, you know, Brazil nuts, we're talking about a couple of Brazil nuts a day, and that's also going to deliver that vitamin E. Um, and they also have B vitamins in them. And so that's a real easy way to go back to food or supplements. Um, the other one that came up for me that I don't see on your protocol is oregano oil. And, you know, oregano oil is so potent very similar to olive leaf extract because it is uh, an antiviral and it also delivers a high amount of antioxidants and i can't help but look at the protocol and think about the work um of dr greger and the role of having a high uh a high amount of phytochemicals and antioxidants in the system and so what also came up with that cellular repair and the tissue repair um, is amla powder from an amla berry and it has the highest concentration of antioxidants out of any berries that we have in in the world and so you know even a little teaspoon of that can be enough to help stimulate the immune system response to the that inflammation I think those are fantastic ideas. Go, go ahead, because if you got more, I'm yeah, all ears. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I was thinking with the curcumin is like to make sure that the curcumin always is paired with the pepperine or the black pepper, because that actually will increase the efficacy of the curcumin 200 to 300%. And so, you know, this can be as easy as a supplement of getting a turmeric supplement that has black pepper in it, or that can also just mean like altering our food consumption. And we talked about this a couple of um, episodes ago of, you know, making sure we're shopping the outside of the grocery store, getting more fruits and vegetables. And you and I spoke to 13 to 20 servings of fruits, fruits and vegetables. And I think with the long hauler protocol, similar to anybody that starts to engage in lifestyle changes, there, you can't come off it once you start it. It has to become a new routine of this is the way that I live because this is what my body needs to heal itself and that this is what my body needs to be in continual support of my health and well-being right now. Yeah, I think that's really true. I think that the, 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 the answer for either future viruses or uh, stopping this uh, rapid increase in chronic illness that's been going on for the last 10 or 20 years is, is this whole lifestyle change because uh, I, I was hoping that this COVID would be a wake-up call for people that they would say, you know what, I need to take better care of my health. But that can only happen if they're getting the right information from the media and from their doctors. And so this is one of the challenges. Here's this brilliant opportunity where we can really make a big push forward and how healthy people are and how strong their immune system is. All the information is there, or at least so much of it is there that would be so helpful, and we can't seem to get it out to people. And so one of the things that we're doing with this COVID long hauler protocol is that we're gonna do a, radio, a television program on it and try to get it out to social media and we're doing a special edition of a magazine on it from Total Health Magazine. And we're going to really put some ads in there for people so that we can get a budget to put it out there to more people. 
Instead of reaching tens of thousands, we're going to try to reach hundreds of thousands and even millions of people. So if the media won't respond, then we have to get out there and do the social media and other stuff that we have access to and actually get it out there and, and start having more people use word of mouth. Because we know that people uh, responded because the vitamin C sales went off the roof. They were out of the shelf. They, they couldn't keep them in stock. Vitamin D, the same way, and zinc, the same way. So people are listening. People are paying attention. We just have to get them the broader message. Eat better. Exercise. Sleep better. Get rid of your stress. Do all the things that you and I have talked about. And do it on a consistent basis. You know, don't just do it when you have a virus facing you. Um, because this is a lifelong challenge. We need to really get on top of this. I think we're near the end of this particular program, Aubrey, so it's about time for me to say uh, thank you to our sponsors today. And those sponsors are uh, Southern Trust Financial Planning. They help your clients to uh, improve their financial health, and, and they also hope that we can help them to improve their physical health and their medical health. And so together, it makes a, like a trifecta for this company to try to keep their their clients happy and healthy. That's the Southern Trust Financial Planning Group. And uh, DHA Labs, I think the best labs in the country are, are located there. Uh, they've been doing a lot of work on the brain over the last 50 or 60 years in terms of brain chemistry testing. And now they're working with our company, Healthy at Work, uh, getting wellness testing out there, immune testing and cancer testing. So check out DHA Labs. It's a Chicago company. And I think they have the best labs, not only for doctors, but for individuals. If you want to get some lab, lab work done, contact DHA Labs and, and they'll put you in touch with a doctor in their office and get you the labs you need. Uh, paddock pools, uh, these are the healthiest people in the world for, for getting pools organized because paddock pool has a vacuum extractor that takes the chlorine gas off the top of the pool and allows people to breathe better air when they're swimming. And I think this is just a, an amazing technology. And so I really uh, take a kudos for paddock pools for developing that technology and for hopefully in the years to come making all pools as safe as their pools are. And the final sponsor is MPB Health, and they have a new creative uh, strategy for health insurance. It's not insurance, it's kind of like medical cost sharing. So the people who join their program, they're all motivated to keep the costs down. And so they're looking out for each other, trying to stay healthier, because if anybody's costs go up, everybody's costs go up. So MPB Health, uh, that's really a a place where you can get a reduced premium uh, anywhere from 30 to 50% of what your regular health insurance is. So those are our sponsors. We thank them so much for their efforts. And uh, I, I hope they're going to stay with us throughout the year. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening today. Aubrey, thank you for your great input. Really enjoyed the show today. <music>